Welcome back to Bonjour Kitchen, guys. Um, I know it's been a minute, and I did promise you more regular podcasting. Uh, we're still figuring it out over here, you know, still trying to find a schedule that really works with everything that's going on. And right now, it looks like that's going to be every other week for tasty morsels of food history. <laughs> yeah, I regret that as well. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um, This week, we are getting into a root vegetable that's easy to grow at home, delicious and filling. More importantly, it's real cheap. That's right, the humble potato. Okay, I can hear you now. Oh, sweet. So, uh, let's jump right in. All right, let's do it. Okay, cool. Uh, hey, guys. A uh, very special episode of Blender Kitchen. Today we have Hannibal from Like It Is joining us on our journey. Hello. Potato. Yes, yes. I'm very excited. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Um, I just got to hold on a second. I have to kick all my dogs out of my room here so I can talk without any issues. But yes, uh, happy to be here. Oh, glad to, glad to have you. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're just going to through some historical stuff real, real quick. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. I, I, I'm excited to hear about uh, potato, tomato, t- potato. <laughs> uh, so the f- potato was first domesticated uh, between seven and 10,000 years ago. Uh, in the Andes, uh, that's a huge window, but yeah. we can't really narrow it down. It's not clear. Uh, it looks like it, it, just throughout the mountains, like where today it's Bolivia, yeah, and Peru. But uh, I do find I do find it interesting in terms of it does not look like a very attractive thing to like. Did, was the color always that? I mean, there's different kinds of, of colors, but what color did it look like back then? Is it the same? That- well, they used to cultivate a ton of different breeds of potatoes, call them. Yeah. Um, we kind of still cultivate them today. They weren't just all brown. Uh, that's just the common potato. Yeah. No. Uh, but it, it wasn't always brown. They were purple, somewhere like yellow-ish, Ooh. some are really hard, some are soft, but uh, they're a great source of nutrients. They fill you up. It's a great source of vitamin C, mm-hmm. and it's super easy to store because you can uh, freeze-dry them by hand, Yeah, uh, which the uh, indigenous people of the Andes Mountains used to do by uh, stepping on them a la wine to squeeze all the moisture out and then leaving them to freeze in the the night air oh interesting very interesting um so fun fact i think you'll enjoy uh uh, we already said you know that they were first domesticated in the andes mountain yeah uh the late ticaca region the what now (laughs) that's (laughs) 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 
No, that's it. It's the Lake Titicaca region. All right. Well, can, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. It's cool. That, it's exactly how it <laughs> All right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's different. It's spelled exactly the same way as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's very interesting. Like I said, the different colors of potato. Um, are you? Do you know how many different types there are? That's probably not even. Um, from what I could tell, there are just <sighs> more than I could gather for a single episode. <laughs> There's a ton of different kinds of potatoes, but mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, commercially, what's available is like. I don't want to say like 10 different kinds. Now we're like super focused on breeding potatoes for specific dishes. Like there's potato Mm. made just for boiling. There's potato made just for frying. Yeah. Uh, Not made, but like cultivated. Yeah. Like that's the reason, like the best way to use that for that type of cooking would be to grow it this way or that way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. A mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, lot of mystery surrounding the potato. It's hard to really pin down anything except the 20 year, in a 20 year range, mm-hmm. 20,000 year range of when it was uh, domesticated. Yeah. That's not correct. That's not how math works. I meant 2000. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. Very long time. <laughs> and domesticated, so they were wild potatoes, and then they had to wrangle them and then um, yeah, make sure they. Uh, Seem nicer for everybody else to eat. Well, I think it was a that is a nice thing that it wasn't in terms of like oh this is nice or like this is pleasing. Um, yeah, because the potato, like I said, it's starch, right? It's extremely starchy. It, super so starchy. So the fact that these people just pick this thing up and they're like, all right, let's try it. Like, I wonder how they what they ate with it. Like, it what they. I'm wondering what their diet was like in terms of even attempting to eat it. Because I don't know. If I was honest, like that first stuff, so if I saw it for the first time, I wouldn't even think it would be edible. Well, a lot of different other breeds, other than the common potatoes, can be eaten raw. They're kind of sweet. In fact, uh, when the uh, conquistadors stumbled upon the already existing continent of America, uh, they first ate the potato raw. Because uh, they're savages, yeah, and uh, they they were like, oh, it's kind of uh, kind of sweet, kind of like eating it raw. That's probably a, that probably made sense considering I'm I'm assuming like we like today's society we consume so much sugar that things have to be really sweet to be sweet. Where I'm, I'm assuming sugar may not have been as available. I, I, no. you, you, you're a historian. I have no idea. It was super available. Oh, so what? Oh, so they still had the same taste of sweetness. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, definitely today we uh, eat more sugary products and, it's, it's, and foods it's the, than they did then. But yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, so some potatoes can be eaten raw. Um it was this thing of they were moving though from gathering food as they went to making the food be at home. Mm. So it was this move towards terraced farming that really pushed pushed the domestication of the potato. Okay, and I'm assuming it's very it, it, like you said, or 
why I think I'm gathering that potato is pretty strong in terms of able to be grown and withstand uh, temperatures or withstand certain environments. Yeah, because there's so many different kinds, uh, there's really a potato that grows well everywhere. Um, grows well in cold areas, hot areas. Um, uh, it can be like sent. There are potatoes that are light sensitive. There are potatoes that are. Check this. There's a potato, the common potato. Yes. That the plant part is daylight sensitive, right? Um, and so grows during the short fall day when it's like super warm. Right. But then the roots only extend on like super cold nights. It's like perfectly evolved to grow wherever. Yeah. Know, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. Yeah, because usually if I leave uh, a sack of potatoes in my kitchen for a while, yeah, it starts to like mutate into some, you know, kind of animal or something like that with the with the sprout and like it's a science project. <laughs> it does. They do sprout quickly, but if you f- if you dry them out, they'll last basically forever. So like that book, The Martian, yeah, how he survived basically on potatoes for a year and a half, totally doable. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, what is your favorite potato? Uh, I love mashed potatoes, so the Yukon Gold is hands down. That's what I like to go for. Oh, okay. And what's your what's your uh, mashed potato recipe? Since uh, like what what do you do? Ooh, uh, uh, most uh, I shouldn't be eating as much dairy as I do, um, hmm. but this recipe calls for a ton of dairy, uh, <laughs> like a half cup of heavy cream. Mm-hmm. A quarter cup of butter, quarter cup of sour cream, quarter cup of cream cheese. Uh, okay, you, you're going all in there. Half pound <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> yeah, that makes. I mean, it, it, I mean that's salt to taste. Yeah, I think that's the ideal though of a mashed potatoes. It has to be as creamy as possible. Like it just right. Like that's what it's all about. Yeah, you know I mean that's the whole. Oh, point. definitely. That's the that's the basis of your whole dish. Yeah. Um. I, I'm just throwing. I'm not baked potato is not my favorite. It's, oh, it's delicious. It's hard for me to get into baked potato. I don't know. Maybe it just the other forms are just so more deli- like if you had steak, I'd rather have mashed potatoes with it rather than a baked potato. But that's not ideal. The ideal is you get a steak with a baked potato. But I just, yeah, I did some research into that. Not quite sure where that pop that the popularity of a baked potato and steak came from. Hmm. It looks like uh, Delmonico. Um, they just popularized it, and so from then on, people are like, "No, that you, in America, when you have a steak dinner, yeah, it has to be ribeye, baked potato, cream spinach." But um, yeah, I do agree. Baked potato seems a a bit heavy to have next to steak. Is, I want yeah. that on its own. That's what. That's you know, exactly what I was, was going to say. Is like, who made this up? Where the steak is pretty fulling, and then oh, you just just big ass baked potato to finish too. So yeah, it's interesting why that's. A popular uh, connection or you know pairing. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's, <clears throat> it's unclear, like so much about the potato. Unclear. <laughs> yeah, just like anything. I think, like I said, one person could be influential enough to say, "Yeah, this is the way it should be," and everyone else is like, "I'm not going to argue." All right, cool. I'll go along with it. So that could be it. Yeah. Um, 
So, as you know, everyone eats potatoes. Uh, we eat potatoes here in America. Yeah. In South America, they eat potatoes. In Europe, they eat potatoes. But we don't know how the potatoes got to Europe. No. It was initially thought that sailors brought the potatoes over to Europe on, you know, the ships. Yeah. Uh, they they stumbled into an already existing landmass. I'm going to be completely salty about that for the duration mm-hmm. of this podcast. Because... <laughs> <They're already shut> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> it just shows up every week. Because <laughs> yeah. everything, like all these delicious things were founded in the Americas. And so whenever you talk about, oh, how did it get to Europe? It's these fools <laughs> stumbled into this already existing place. Yeah. And discover no, they discovered it, Nicole. What are you talking about? No, they <laughs> stumbled upon it. That's what. Um, but yeah, um, all the theories for like how potatoes got to Europe have been proven to not really hold up. So, um, they used to fill the hold of the ship with potatoes, and then the sailors would eat them on their journeys. It turns out a great way to avoid sur- scurvy. Potatoes, really? Yeah. You know? Yes, full of vitamin C. Potatoes and chilies, full of vitamin C. Oh, I did not. You're know. not gonna no scurvy. Have your yeah. no scurvy. Yeah, interesting. So, you, um, so you don't think the idea or theory is that they found a way to, to just grow it? They 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 found a way to maybe not to say they took it, but they was able to. I don't know, like. Well, some historians thought that like they brought back this the seed seed balls. <laughs> That's how you grow potato without the eye. Cultivate a seed oh, ball. A seed ball. All right. Interesting. Out there, look. Is there a picture of this said said that said seed ball so I can understand what it is? Or yeah, I'm gonna shoot that over to you, yes. real quick, and that'll be up on our Instagram later. Um, yes. but it's proven that the seed ball probably would have rotted before arriving in the new world. So even how the potato got to Europe is shrouded in mystery. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, it's taking a minute to pull this up. Okay, but yeah. Also, I was just just thinking also in terms of how possible. Like, yeah, I think there was just a way where they was able to to grow it. Um, so do you know the difference between the potatoes that are that came from or there in Europe and uh, what's the difference between you know I guess the you know South American one and the European one? Um. Pretty much the same. South America still has more varieties of potatoes than we have. Right. Um, just that's culturally, they um, have more recipes for different kinds of potatoes and they're valued um, as well. Whereas in Europe, uh, we're, they're pretty happy with the common potato. There's a couple of different um, potatoes that are cultivated for boiling or frying or whatever, but for the most part, the world over, everyone's kind of just happy with the single kind of potato. Yeah. Single purpose potato. Well, they're like little balls. Yeah. Like little, little ball things. Interesting. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to jump ahead here. I don't know if you're going to get to that point, but where, like, the most important part of history, like, there's certain inventions that really change the world, right? You know, like the wheel, you know, even starting to begin, like, fire, flight, you know. But who does the, the the potato chip? The creation of that was pretty life like it, it changed the world. I think you know like 
potato chips are so amazing. They're delicious. They're different types. Uh, it, like, who dis- who's a genius who discovered a potato chip? So, uh, unclear. <laughs> oh, man, it's just whoever. But uh, it's thought that, so, before we get into potato chips, we have to take a step back and discuss french fries. Uh, well, of course. I mean, it's, again, another amazing, amazing invention. And it's like so, I don't know, again, I, I don't know what the origin of french fries. Did it actually start in France? I don't yes. oh, did, oh, okay. So they actually got that one. Yeah. Right. So um, French invented deep frying. Everywhere else, it was mostly like pan frying. There weren't a lot of vessels uh, in the Americas that were made well for supporting that amount of oil being boiled. And at the time that it was invented, lard wasn't really being used. So there also wasn't just the medium to fry things. But the French had cast iron pans and tons of pig fat. So they were deep frying from an early time. By the time the potato made it to France... Uh, they immediately fried it. They were like, uh, how can we prepare this? I know. We're going to deep fry it. Um, so they would slice the potato into chips. They're circular shapes. Right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, and you would think that this is a potato chip, but it was a little bit thicker. It be- The recipe was known as French fried potatoes. Oh. Uh, and as it made its way back across the sea to America, it evolves into what we call fries now. And why we call them French fries, uh, they used to have a bunch of different names, German fries, French fries. Uh, then World War II happened, and uh, in America, the United States of America, that is, you said, uh, hey, can't call anything German. That's a hard <laughs> uh, So, yeah, really focused on the French fries. And now, of course, today, we mostly call them fries. But Back to potato chip. Hold on a second. So which one is first? Was it French fries? Before potato chip. Came first, yes. Oh, okay. But potato chip is just an evolution from French fry because when French when potatoes were first fried, they weren't cut into strips. They would cut into circles. And so eventually the circles just kept getting thinner and thinner. Now you have a chip. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, fun fact, mm-hmm. a lot of things were rationed, uh, during World War II in, uh, North America. Um, beef was rationed, yeah. right? Yeah. Sugar <laughs> was rationed. Uh, I don't know. What else is delicious? What other snack foods? Flour was rationed. So basically anything that you would snack on, yeah. uh, really rationed and and shortened and so uh eventually you know they came out they said hey gotta cut down on those chips and the american people literally rose up and they were like i'm looking for i'm looking for something to snack on i got nothing to snack on there's no sugar there's no chocolate there's no flour give us the chips and so the government did they didn't ration potato chips it helps that uh potatoes are super cheap right and they weren't being subject to to other kinds of ration, you know. They weren't. No, we weren't shipping potatoes wholesale to the front. Uh, part of that reason is because potatoes are literally everywhere, so it wasn't like a in demand. Yeah, basically. But more importantly, they're super cheap, easy to grow, and so sheer willpower 
and snackage. <laughs> Kept the potato chip going. Yeah, when I mean, you had no choice, right? You got to figure something out to make yeah. something taste delicious. Yeah, I mean, French fries, like I said, French fries, potato chips, they both are just amazing. I know they're not, they're not the healthiest thing you can possibly have or due to the, the potato, just fry it, you know. But No, it's true. Uh, actually, those two methods of preparing the table potato completely destroy uh any of the health benefits so uh <laughs> full of vitamins uh full of um good starch yeah you know good sugar uh, once you fry it it's basically just wildly unhealthy and not, not good for but you. it's so good it is delicious it's very good del- yeah yeah i mean that's what you know and that's the thing too like i i'm i'm pretty much a french fry I'm pretty much a aficionado. Yes, or or a whore. I will eat any kind of French (laughs) fries, regardless of where it came from. Yes, frozen. I'll take the other hand cut stuff. I'll take any kind of fast food one. Now, there's definitely a ranking system. It's not like you know. I will say it tastes the same as someone Mm -hmm, actually mm -hmm. who put the time in compared to like a fast food fry. But um, I love them all. It doesn't matter. I don't need ketchup or any kind of. If it's a really nice well-seasoned potato, uh, french fry or whatever will taste great no matter what you put on it you, or just or just you know just where it is i think that shows where if you want if you need to dump it in ketchup or any other condiment it, i think that's the reason why it's not that good tasting because you had to dump in a bunch of ketchup on it well i think there's a there's a time and place for it for example shoestrings fries a diner staple mm. i i personally just love to drench that in ketchup and eat them with a the fork mm, yeah uh you know, but some people like mayonnaise. That's a popular condiment to put on French fries. Yeah, it's very versatile. Uh, yeah, you can kind of you kind of play around you with can it. Put anything on it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do like the fast food ones. I I I'm not, I'm, I think you're not you're not into. I think you, it was it. Uh, you only like McDonald's fries, right? I hate McDonald's fries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I. Throughout the course of research, I did find out some interesting things about McDonald's fries, and I think that you would appreciate them. Okay, I'm ready. So, um, our listeners may remember that uh, we briefly talked about uh, the rise of fast food in our taco episode, Mm -hmm. and how McDonald's really brought that to the forefront. Well, it turns out they served a ton of fries with all of their burgers because potatoes are super cheap. Yeah. Super cheap. Mm -hmm. And so you can make your money back and still fill people up and not actually provide the very expensive part of the meal, which is the beef. Uh, yeah. So right off the bat, uh, they started to corner the market on fries. Uh, it used to be fried in a mixture of vegetable oil and beef tallow, right? <laughs> and they did this basically from their inception up until, I don't know, like the 90s. And then vegetarians were up in arms because they said, hey – Y'all said these are vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. And McDonald's said, um, we never said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but they probably did because they settled with 12 vegetarians, brought a suit against them in federal court. Um, and they settled with them, donated to a bunch of vegetarian organizations, mm. and then claimed that they took the beef tallow out of their frying process. Mm. A couple of years later, uh, Muslim people... And Hindus uh, were up in arms uh, uh, because they were still frying their fries <laughs> in beef tallow. 
so who's, they were not. Who's telling on these? Who's telling on McDonald's? <laughs> like, man, they can't keep it. Can't keep it secret for too long. Not at all. So they said, "Ah, oh, you caught us." Mm. And so, uh, but they didn't want to give up that delicious flavor, right. right? Yeah, it's their signature style. Everyone loves McDonald's fries, not I. Yeah, I think it's trash, yeah. but other people like it. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, most people. Most people. <laughs> um, so it turns out, same great taste, chemically enhanced. They just figured out what chemicals would uh-huh. taste like beef tallow, and they put that in vegetable oil. They don't. That's not really much of a fun fact. That's kind of scary. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do now. You'll still eat that. Uh, if they're around, yes. If it's 2 o'clock in the morning and I have to drown some liquor, I will go get some McDonald's fries. Here's oh. the thing. I'm going to I'm gonna blow up your spot a little bit. Sure. Uh, dear listeners, Hannibal is known to have eaten leftover fast food french fries at 9 in the morning. Yes. And by leftover, I mean he fell asleep eating some fries. Yeah. Woke up in the morning yes. and said, oh, what a treat. Yeah. Let me eat these bad boys that never made it into yeah. the fridge. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm not apologizing about it. I, I, I think I just love fries. I just like the, the texture. I, even if they're cold and, and, and stale even. I mean. I can't do it. <laughs> I need my fry to be hearty. Yeah. Uh, I, I need a generous amount of salt on it. You know? Yeah. I think some... Some uh, fast food restaurants could be a little bit stingy with the salt. Some, uh, you know, we're in the day of slow foods. Yeah. Uh, uh, when my partner listens to this, he will roll his eyes heavily. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Slow food is a, a different different episode for another day. Okay. But uh, in the slow food movement, there's this push to, you know, hand cut your fries and, like, fry them per order, you know, a, a step away from the automat auto what do you call that? What um, like the way put like the way McDonald's do it? It's all yeah. it's all machines. To make it less automatic. Okay. Uh, right? And quote unquote rehumanize your food. Right? Okay. And uh, I roll my eyes heavily. I speak about it in sarcastic uh tones. <laughs> The fries are amazing, you know? Yeah. It, it tastes like your mom made them for you. Yeah. They're different. Like it's, I said, there's a standard, there's a quality. There's a quality between fast food fries or hand-cut fries. You know, I think there's there's a difference. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. If, I feel like there's many people that I know that believe that McDonald's fries taste better back in the day, like maybe 10, 15 years ago. That beef tallow. And like you were saying, so I'm wondering that's the reason now that I mean, I still think they're pretty good. They they they're very liberal with the salt. That's one thing about me. I mean, you see where they throw it into that batch after they fry it. Yeah, just, it's just it's not healthy. Well, that's the trick. <laughs> yeah, that's the trick. In order for the salt to really stick to the fries, you have to salt them while they're like super hot, like too hot to eat. Yeah, burning hot. Yeah, and there's some sort of chemical reaction. Other otherwise, the salt kind of just slides off the fry. And then you you find yourself needing to resalt them yeah. as you're eating. Yeah, and and the and the employees they are very liberal. They they throwing several like just I don't know it's not buckets but it's close to it. Basically <laughs> buckets. No one's gonna accuse McDonald's of holding out on the the fry salt. No, they, they they are very liberal with it. But you know, just like anything, and I, I know as I eat like old stale fries, I mean, it is interesting that. After you have your fast food French fries, and if you leave them out, like if you you didn't finish them and you put it, even if you put it in the fridge, 
when you tried to eat them again, they did not taste good. It's a not at it's all. such a drastic drop of flavor. It's like it must be very hot. Yeah. Very hot. Enjoy. You have to eat them while you bought it. Don't wait. It's not going to be the difference. Yeah. But those won't, they're not going to spoil on you. True. True. Ever. Someone cleaned out their minivan. It's a, maybe it's a creepy pasta story. Maybe it's not real. (laughs) But a story on the internet goes, someone cleaned out their van and found an entire child-sized pack of McDonald's french fries underneath the seat. Not a bit of mold on it. Oh. It looked exactly like the day they had purchased it. And they, it had been under the seat for some time. Like months. Oh, man, that's not... So is this like... This episode is really based on do not go to McDonald's? Because basically we just had two <laughs> stories of really scary chemical shit <laughs> that people are eating almost every day. I mean, I've scaled back. I, th- I was raised eating McDonald's. So I was already too late. It's too late for me. But I would say recently there's so many there's more variety. There's more variety of fast food. So McDonald's is not the I mean they're still number one, but it's you know, it's not that great. But that that is fascinating that their food can outlast like last longer than it's supposed to. Like what the fuck? <laughs> well, it's because chemicals to make it taste like beef tallow. Now I have I have my uh qualms against mcdonald's i don't think it should be eaten every day and i do think that um it's kind of this catch-22 where often in food deserts they're one of the only restaurants that are open late yeah uh that are cheap that you can feed four people with for on twenty dollars a day um but then on the other hand they're kind of also contributing to the continued existence of food deserts and people yeah. Uh, not being able to eat anything but McDonald's, uh, you know, and it's a, uh, we're all people of, of, of the means to make our own choices, you know, uh, but sometimes your choices are don't eat or only eat super processed fast food yeah. that will lead to adulthood and childhood obesity and diabetes. You know, it's a, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, at this point, the knowledge is there, though. So there isn't a way where you you went, you step into McDonald's and not know how unhealthy the food is. There's no, there's no one hiding it. It's no, pretty yeah. obvious. It's definitely clear at this point. That there many lawsuits later. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's clear. <laughs> it's clear that McDonald's is bad for you. Yeah. But then again, it's like, how can you turn to someone who's like, I worked in, I worked late i get home at 10 p.m my kids need to eat mm. and i have no money yeah you know how can you look at them and be like you should be eating mcdonald's because it's gonna make you fat but you know let's well at this point like i said we have more choices we have ideas and yes even if you don't make a lot of money like you said potatoes are cheap and that's true and one thing i do love in the, in the potatoes is in soup and stews when you throw some potatoes in there it's amazing. It's, it's, it's great in a stew. Yeah. I hate it in soup. Really? I hate any kind of potato-based soup. Well, the, the ba- it's not thick enough for you? It's um, it's too thick. It's too, it's too thick, yeah. and it feels like uh, I have not yet had a chowder. Or well, chowder, a, yeah. Chowder is good, too. But or okay. any kind of potato-based soup uh, where the person making it was like, I should season this. But it's... It is interesting. 
it is interesting the idea that you know potatoes can go they can go dry and go into like I said a really thick stews and soups and it, mm-hmm. it just works well because it, it's like an extra it's another layer of of that goes into the meal that really takes care of like you're not going to be hungry after you eat this like I said it, no, it, it, it fills you up it, it's a pretty pretty uh, versatile food yeah and it's always kind of I know like now we have you know scallop potatoes and french style potatoes and all these fancy uh high class potatoes but for the most part potato has always always been a working man's food it's always been a food of people who can't afford to buy a lot of of different kinds of things yeah um and for a long time it was literally only eaten by people who were poor Actually, before that, when it first got to Europe, it was only fed to animals because they're like, oh, this can't possibly be <laughs> That's, for us to eat. I think it's so interesting. Whenever food came from the Americas to Europe, the first thing was pe- people aren't like, oh, man, what a great cheaper option from this super expensive thing that we're getting from Asia. No. They're like, no, that is not edible. No, just... Or that's only for the poor. It has a certain look, Nicole. It has a certain look. But let me ask you another question. Oh, let me ask a question yeah. about. Um, I guess you said the work. You know, potatoes are kind of working class. Kind mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. What is uh, elevated? Because I'm sure, like you said, people are able to take potato now and do like really crazy things. Like, what's elevated in terms of? Um, I guess potato meal. Like, what would be something fancy? I, I would assume everything seems to be comfort food. My friend, have you ever had a truffle fry? Truffle fry. Truffle fry. I don't, you know, I'll be honest, I don't think I have. Um, They're just regular fries made more expensive by shaving truffles over them. Yeah. It, and also, what's the flavor? Like, how it tastes? Is it good? Is it... Oh, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Okay. It's so delicious. Oh, I gotta check it out. Uh, in terms of something elevated and kind of like uh, Michelin starred, you have. Yeah. Um, Pomme Anna, which is a French melted potato. It's um, mm. basically like a chopped potato. It's covered in cheese. Like when you describe it, you're like, that is not fancy at all. But the whole mm. thing has to be baked in a cast iron skillet. Mm. It's it's all in the presentation. Oh, okay. No. Titan. Here. little bit of technical difficulties uh as some of you know i use anchor to record this podcast use it through my phone and my phone needed to be charged i ignored it and it died uh we're back uh if you hear a dog i'm happily grumping in the background that's titan dog sitting titan for this uh snipe that's an awesome and name for a dog. And he wants to go to bed. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> so, just having a little bit of a rough time. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, where do we... Yeah. Wait, can you hear me? Oh. Wait. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, so it, it sounds fancy, uh, but I think anytime you describe a potato dish, you're like, nah, I can make that, you know? 
Yeah, it don't seem that it like, takes a lot of... No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it doesn't take any type of talent to truly cook it properly. I mean, there's, there's a certain level of skill to do it, but it's not it's not difficult for someone to jump in and figure out how to do it. So it's like, it's an easy thing to jump into and tr- learn how to cook, but yeah, probably, a, yeah, they're forgiving. Exactly. There you go. It's a perfect thing. Like it, no matter if you do it a little too, too soon or too late or whatever the timing or the seasoning, it will still be something that you can still share and, and people will eat and have and yeah. enjoy. Yeah. When I first started cooking, I definitely made a couple of uh, mashed potatoes dishes that were more raw than cooked potato (laughs) yeah Uh, it was a rough learning curve (laughs) i still ate it it was still good it did not sicken me (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's fine like it's not that yeah it's just you know and like you said it's something that you can take and practice with it's not going to you know break the bank obviously as well so there's a lot lot you can put a lot of practice in yeah so, um, we usually close out here with a hearty recipe. Hannibal has recently become the proud new owner of an air fryer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as you as you love French fries, I was hoping you would share with us your French fry air fryer recipe. Uh, okay. Well, I'll just throw it out here right now that I have not successfully cooked a nice set of fries in this air fryer <laughs> and it be, I think there's a few issues for the first one for me is I can't see it cooking that you know the air fryer you know it looks like just like mm-hmm. we have nowadays it's like a is a is a tray you pull out you put you put your food in and you close it and you turn it on you I just feel like you have to you know you're frying french fries for me I want to see it I need to see it, look at it as it's getting fried, and I can kind of make my own judgment. This one, you, you basically have to pause it and take it out and shake it around. So, and also the service level is not as large as a regular saucepan. So, I haven't figured out like what I've what I read is for for many of them is you you want to soak them in water first, and then you throw them in. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of the surface level, and you know, this, maybe I'm I'm assuming too cut you, have to, you can't cut them too thin and put in an air fryer and also you're not using as much oil as you know regular fr- uh, fry so no i do not have a good recipe i have to make sure that when i do make it that tastes good then i'll come back on the show <laughs> okay we'll uh we'll have a special posting hannibal's air yeah, fryer yeah i promise i'll recipe. once i get it to actually taste good i'll definitely share well, thank you for uh, joining us and sharing your yes or oh, lack up thereof. But I, I do thank you for putting. I do thank you for bringing <laughs> me. Your yeah, I, I tried, you know. But I, I learned a lot in the last in this last uh, you know hour about potatoes, and I had no idea the origins of. And also, I learned don't go to McDonald's like at all. Don't go to McDonald's. Yeah, That's I'm not going. <laughs> This episode, yeah, you really should not. That's just terrible. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> It'll be some kind of ridiculous All right. feedback. All right, as looking forward to our reading it. All right, well, thanks for tuning in, guys, to this latest episode of Blender Kitchen. You can 
check us out on Instagram at Blunder Kitchen and on Twitter at Blunder KTCHN Pod. Uh, we'll definitely be posting some pictures of the potatoes <laughs> and the balls. Uh, <laughs> and um, a mashed potato recipe in lieu of a French fry recipe. And um, if you are on any, if wherever you are listening to this podcast, you can also listen to like it is hot takes on you know whatever that thing you were thinking Basically, about with him. It's a lot of me complaining, but that's not selling it really well. But 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's thought provoking stuff. So uh, yeah, you should definitely take a take a listen. It's uh, definitely a good Monday. Yes, good Monday definitely. Podcast. Yes. Um, it's up. It's available now. Uh, if you start today, you can binge everything and be caught up in time for the yes, next Yes, thank episode. you. Thank you for the plug. All right. Later. See you guys next time.